So Alex. Yeah. I've been thinking about how there's like a kind of story that we do. And I like, I like that we get to do it where we'll hear about something surprising or unexplainable that's happened. And we'll go talk to the people that were there and learn a bunch of stuff and make it make sense. Like we'll explain it. And it's a fun thing to get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this other kind of story, which in my real life, I enjoy a lot, which are stories that cannot be made to make sense. You know, the kinds of stories where it's late at night, and you're talking to a friend and you're like, do you believe in ghosts? And they're like, well, no, but there was a thing that happened one time. Yeah. And I want, I want to do that on the show. Like I want to do an episode of scary stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of iterating on that. What do you mean a lot of iterating on that? Well, you know that I wanted to do like a soundscapey fiction horror story on our show, right? No, I you think I, I think I've been protected from this information. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely wanted to do one which was like starts out me in the studio. I'm like recording credits or whatever. Like uh-huh. that's how the show opens. I found footage. You know, let's just let's just here. Ready? Take one. Just do your idea. Okay. Sitting in the studio, I'm reading the credits. No, read the credits. Oh. Reply All is hosted by PJ Vote and me, Alex Goldman. The show is produced by Shruti Pitamanani, Fia Benin, Damiano Marchetti. Then, so then my wife calls and I'm like, yeah, I'm in the studio by myself. Everybody you else. You want is- me to do like a bring, bring? Yeah, go ahead. Bring, 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 bring. Hey, Sarah, what's up? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I think I'll be home in like 20 minutes. Everybody else has left the, the, the studio. Um, <laughs> are you fighting with me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I just have to finish recording the credits, so uh, it'll take me 10 minutes. I just have to cut them together and then bye. So then I'm in the studio, like doing, I'm reading the credits again. And then suddenly I hear like a sound, like a creepy sound in the hallway. And like, I call out, I'm like, hello, is anybody out there? You know? And then do it. Hello. Hello. Uh And then gradually you soundscape it. So there's like a monster in the building. Uh huh. And then I die. And like you could start it with Alex Bloomberg being like, hey, we found this computer in the studio. It's still recording. We don't know where Alex is. It's really fucked up. And then we play that and I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) A couple weeks ago, we asked listeners for nonfiction scary stories, things that had actually happened to them. Um, We opened up the phone lines. This is what we got. Hello? Oh my god, it worked. Hi. Who's this? This is Max. What's Thanks. your scary story? Uh, okay, so I have a séance story. Okay, are, so just before <laughs> like, you get into it, are you like a are you like a person who's into like witchy wiccan like new moon ceremony type stuff or no? Not at all. In fact, I would say I don't believe in ghosts whatsoever. Okay, so what how did you end up in the situation? Okay, so I was living in Pittsburgh at the time, and I had three other roommates in an old house, and we were sitting around the table, and I don't know, someone had the idea to do a seance. Okay. And almost unanimously, we chose my one roommate to be the medium, and she said something about like, oh, she like Googled how, like what you say at a seance, <laughs> right? So she like did this little bit. So we were like, we had filmed it on my MacBook. Spirits of the past. Spirits of the past. Move among us. Move among us. Be guided by the light. Be guided by the light. 
And so we're sitting there. Eventually, after the bit, we're like sitting with our hands held. There's like five of us. And we're all just in the dark in the kitchen with candles and crystals. And it's totally quiet. And on the kitchen counter, I had a bag of change that I used to pay for the bus. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. And at some point, the bag of change just goes... Like a group of coins in the bag kind of like just like shifted a little bit. Okay. Which like could have been gravity. That's a sign. Can you move the change again? Okay, I'm not even joking. I have a really tingling. Uh, right? <laughs> Do you come in peace? So then, like, that was too much for us. Seance over. We just, like, left the room. What do you think happened? Okay, so here's... Can I, can I like, elaborate on my relationship to ghosts? Yeah. The, this is the time. Okay, so this is... That's, like, the only time I've even slightly been convinced by ghosts. But I, I want them to be real. Like, I don't believe that they're real, but I am open. Like, whenever there's, like, a spooky situation, I just really hope a ghost talks to me. Because I'd be really excited. I think it'd be a, a wonderful experience to talk or like I feel have this any way kind of too. Oh, hold on, you say this, but you got to the portal, you got to the doorway, <laughs> like your spooky cell phone rang, and you didn't pick up. It was too much to handle. <laughs> I think that there was some like two hundred year old spirit that was like, finally, I can like say who killed me or whatever, and was like, <clears throat> and you guys were like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Hi, this is PJ and Alex. Hi. Who's uh, this? Nice to meet you guys. I'm Patrick. Hi, Patrick. How you doing? What's your uh, scary story? Um, well, one time when I was in freshman year of college, I lived on this very social uh, floor of my building. And we were all just hanging out one night. It was two or three in the morning when from this other building that faces, it's not part of our college. It's just this other building. We see someone in a baby face mask just looking at us. That's so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't just see it. Like we saw it and it was staring at us. And then the light of the room turned out. I presume the guy must have been near the light switch and it was just gone. And, And for like an hour on and off, this baby face guy would just stare at us. What um what kind of building was this? What What so kind of building was this is your question? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let me let me <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like 
<laughs> if there's any reason that a baby face... How thick were the windows? Patrick, can you tell him to stop it? I don't know. I love it. I like it. <laughs> God damn baby it. face. <laughs> what kind of building was it? My co-host needs to know. It was just a regular apartment building across from us. And I can only imagine that they just like messing with college kids. Did Babyface ever appear again? No, never after that. You know, I would do that Babyface thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I was a kid, my brother did this thing where, so you know sometimes people on Halloween, they'll put out the candy in a, in a bowl and be like, please take one. Yeah. So my brother yeah. put out a like a scarecrow on the front porch for like weeks before Halloween. And then on Halloween night, replaced the scarecrow okay. with him with, <laughs> with straw stuffed in his shirt and put the bowl on his lap and said, please take one. And if anybody took more than one, he would like leap up and terrify them. God, that's how that's you make good. an Alex Goldman. Uh-huh. That's how you make a squirrely little nightmare guy. Anyway, Patrick, thanks so much for uh, telling us your scary story. <laughs> Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You're really the worst person. I don't know if that's true. Hi, Alex and PJ. Hi. Who's this? My name is Katie. Should I tell you if I think I'm an Alex or a PJ? Are we still playing uh, that game? Alex's new thing is he wants to know what kind of building everybody lives in. <laughs> what kind of building oh. do you live in? a little bit scary um i live in an apartment building <laughs> um yeah i'm trying to be spooky by just asking people no he's not he just building. he every story that he hears like <laughs> he we saw star wars and he was just screaming what kind of buildings they live in the whole time because apparently you don't at see darth star vader's wars? house yeah i mean yeah at, tell us more about it please in space i don't think you have homes you just have spaceships no like, that's like that's like saying people who drive to work don't have houses yeah but at the end of the day they go right. back to their house and they sleep there han solo sleeps on the millennium falcon not when he's at home where is his yeah. home you haven't seen star wars homes editions <laughs> star wars cribs as a guy who only cares about where people live i feel like you'd really like it do you have a scary story to tell us okay so um last year my friends nicholas and anna bought a house and they flipped it and renovated it and stuff. This is a real Alex story. Um, <laughs> Could you tell me, what, was it a tutor? <laughs> um, I don't think it's a tutor. Okay. So this house, when they bought it, the original owner of the house uh, was the person who they got it from. But that person died in the house when they were like 97 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when the family was selling it to my friends, they were like, yeah, this woman, she was so sweet. And every year on Christmas, she would make this huge pancake breakfast for the family. Mm -hmm. And it was something we always looked forward to was this big pancake breakfast on Christmas. So my friends were like, Oh, okay, that's a nice story. So last year, it was their first Christmas in the house. Mm -hmm. And they wake up and my friend Nicholas is like, Oh, Anna's making pancakes. So he walks out and the entire house smelled like pancakes, but neither of them were cooking. That's Spooky. a super sweet ghost. Yeah. If non-menacing, yeah, right? nice ghost. Yeah, that's what we're all saying. Like, if you had to have a ghost haunt your house, that is the best ghost to haunt your house. And also, like, the part of me that believes in ghosts, I feel like the thing that makes it easy to believe in them is just as a creature of habit who just does the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I feel like my love yeah. of routine is strong enough that I could die, not notice that I died, and keep trying to do my routine. What kind of routine would come back if you died? It would just be like, oh, there's this apartment in Brooklyn where the, the PlayStation controller mysteriously rattles and like Domino's <laughs> keeps getting these like haunting spooky phone calls <laughs> where somebody moans something about a thin crust pizza. Oh my gosh. 
Well, yeah, I guess of all things to happen in a haunting, that that's not too bad. Probably frustrating for Dominus, but it's fine. <sighs> Thank you for your scary pancake call. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Hello, this is PJ and Alex. This is Mike. I'm How's calling it? from Columbus, Ohio. What's your scary story? So I um, lived in a house in college with six other guys, and uh, I shared a room with one of them. He was a musician, so he'd always come home at like really weird hours of the night. And uh, one night, I woke up and I thought it was him walking into our room, but uh, it wasn't him. How? Wh- I, thought, I honestly thought it was him, like either packing a bag or like getting ready for bed or something, but he turned the light on and the, my roommate never turned the light on. So I was like, first of all, that's really strange. So he turned the light on. He like knew you were right there. Yeah. So the way that the room is set up, um, so you open the door and you see my, my roommate's bed first. So his bed was on the other side of the room and mine was along the wall closest to the door. So when you open up the door immediately, he saw an empty bed because my roommate wasn't there, but he didn't see me. So I kept my eyes closed. So the whole time I had my, my, uh, oh my body God. facing towards the wall where the door was. Um, and then as soon as I felt him underneath my bed. He was underneath your bed? Oh, my God. Yeah, I felt him underneath there. And uh, this whole time I was not thinking it was somebody else. Oh, my God. So I, like, turned over really hard um, to kind of just, like, let, uh, you know, my, who I thought was my roommate know, like, Hey, I'm awake. I don't want you under my bed. Yeah. And then the guy just got out from under there and stood there and I could feel him standing there because, oh! you know, like when you have your eyes closed, but you know, like somebody's there. Uh-huh. So he was standing there for probably 30 seconds. And then I felt, or I, I heard my, my belt jingle. So he like lifted up my belt and oh. then. I didn't hear anything for like two minutes, but the light was still on. And so I opened my eyes and my Xbox is gone. My backpack is gone. My, oh my wallet God. was gone. And to this day, I still no, have no idea who it was. The fact that he was standing over your bed jingling the belt, to me, that means like he would have restrained you if you'd opened your eyes, right? I, I mean, I don't know if he was trying to beat me with it or like, if, like I don't know what was going through his mind at the time. That's such Michael Myers behavior. Yeah. It's also like the brazenness of it and the light and the staying over the bed. It just feels like you were actually really close to a lot of danger. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was like the most violating thing to me. Like I was just angry. That's a good, scary story. That's horrifying. My boyfriend's house has a ghost living in it and follows us around sometimes. Currently living in it? Yes, currently. And we named her Linda. Why did you name her Linda? I don't know. It was she was named that when I came into when I first started dating him, so I don't know where it came from. And when you say follows you around, does that mean follows you around the house or outside of the house? That's your question? That's your question? <laughs> That's just a foundational question. I'm going to ask more after that. I'm not a fucking idiot. So, God, so you're so annoying. Just give me one second. <laughs> I, I hate him.
It's not. Alex just needs to know if every story takes place in a house or not. <laughs> I'm not the weird one here. You're the fucking weird one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I don't accept your apology. I'm not apologizing. I to know. You. That's why I don't accept it. Anna, can you just tell your story? So there's been a few occasions, actually. The most recent time was out of the house. <laughs> <Funny enough. laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we were at a restaurant and I was in the bathroom alone. And I was washing my hands and it wasn't a motion sensor sink. It was the one you actually have to turn on. Yeah. And so I'm done washing my hands. I turn around to go dry my hands with a paper towel and the water just starts running. Oh, like fully running or like dripping? Like, no, fully running. Whoa. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's weird. So I turn around and I go to check to make sure I turn it off. And then it just stops. Uh. And I was like, like, ah, I'm out of here. This is like, that's like, okay, that's like the first thing that happens in a horror movie. You're like six minutes into your horror movie. Exactly. And there's been a few times where like, you know, when you have a desk lamp and it has like that clicking noise. Like when you turn the dial and it has that like kind of click to make sure like to tell you that it's like turning on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I woke up one morning and he has a desk lamp clearly and you just hear the noise like clicking, but the light's not turning on. 10 minutes into horror movie. And then she'll respond. So like when I heard the clicking noise, I had just woken up and I said, Linda, knock it off. And it stopped. (laughs) <laughs> what a respectful it was like ghost! Super spooky. It, uh, uh, right now, PJ is going to get on my case because I I do have a question about what kind of building this is. Oh my god! It's but a house. It, but is it like an old, a, is it a, like an old no. house where there could be like a ghost from the 1800s in it? I don't think so. Do you guys have theories about who Linda is and what she wants? So there is, I mean, her name is Linda, but we do have one theory that it might be um, my boyfriend's grandfather who passed when they were young. Why? I mean, he was, my boyfriend was like in the fourth grade when he died and he was just always around. And so it's kind of like, kind of making sure like he's still there and he's still watching them, but we just call her Linda. (laughs) So it feels like a nice thing. Like he's like keeping an eye out for him. Yeah. Huh. But also ca- occasionally annoying. That sounds like yes. A sort of grandfather. That sounds like a grandfather. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Thank you. That's yeah. a good ghost. That is a good ghost. Yeah, we like her. All right. So this story is kind of what my friend and I refer to as the Invisible Man. And it is not going to sound real, but I swear to you, it is real. Okay. So have you ever heard of Sherry's? Sherry's? Yeah, Sherry's is basically your very typical 24-hour diner. Okay, where is this? In the Northwest. And how how old are you when this is happening? Oh, geez, this happened maybe three years ago, so I was 18 at the time. Okay. So we're just sitting there talking, and um, I'm faced towards her and not towards the event. I kind of get a hint she is motioning at me, that something's going on behind me. So I look behind me, and there's this guy talking to, like, almost as if he has somehow made these clothes, like, starched them. And it is propped up right in front of him on the other side of the seat. 
this outfit has its own cup of steam and coffee and everything. Wait, he's talking to an empty pair of clothes, but the clothes have the full posture (laughs) of a person? Yes, I swear. And how is he talking? The person he's crying. The man's crying. Yes, he's crying and talking to this just these clothes. What What was the outfit that the invisible man was wearing? What What did the clothes look like? All right, so I only got pretty brief of a look. Um, I remember the shirt being black. I didn't get a good see like if there was any pants but there was definitely like a jacket so what in your heart what do you think it was i don't know we didn't even know what to make of it like i'm not trying to make this sound more interesting than it is like blatantly we just saw this guy um sitting across from a starched up outfit or jacket with a whole just steaming cup of coffee in front of it and he had his own cup of coffee so it wasn't his and he was just talking to the things very intently and crying The Google subscriber you have called is not available. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Neil. Um, I thought you might need uh, a different kind of non-Halloween spooky story. So uh, this is the spookiest thing that ever happened to me. I may cry. Um, I was taking care of my best friend uh, during cancer treatment. Um, long story short, he's okay. Uh, and that's great. Um but we were in the hospital together, and uh, it was time to discharge him. And so I was running all around trying to pack up his stuff. Um, it had just been a really rough go, and I was at my wind with him to pack some big surprise and whatnot. And um, I was in the lobby of the hospital on that day, um, and I heard uh, somebody playing piano from another room. And uh, it sounded exactly like my dad. Um, My dad just played in a very specific way. Um, And I hadn't ever heard anybody play exactly like him, and this was exactly like him, and I didn't think much of it, um, you know, apart from that, it was nice. When I got my friend bundled off uh, into the car, and we were down the road, um, that's when I realized it was the day. It was May 3rd, uh, the day my dad had died in 2012. Um, and it was just so... Hey, I got cut off. Um, and it's, it's just wrapping up. Um, it was really spooky. Um, the way that it was so specific at such a specific time. Um, my dad was not, you know, uh, for, for lack of a better term, it's not a very come back from the dead type of guy, uh, and really food that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just felt convinced. It really laid a finger on me.
in a very specific way. Hopefully that's a nice ghost story. Hey, this is Neil. Um, I wanted to call back because I wanted to send you some um, examples of my dad playing piano. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This summer, click into cordless power. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Fia. Um, so in addition to all of the calls that got through to you, we were also getting like a ton of voicemails, a ton of emails from listeners who like had other spooky stories. And uh, the team has been going through all of those. And me and Damiano are going to tell you about a few of our favorites. Okay. So I want to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman named Megan. Okay. And growing up, Megan loved like all things horror. The Ring, um, you know, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, all the exorcism movies, like all that stuff. I just, I loved it. Hmm. And she particularly loved this ghost story section of Cosmo Girl. They had a section that was called Freaky Deaky, and I would always (laughs) read it, like scary stories, like, oh, come on, give me all the Freaky Deaky stories. (laughs) So Megan is this like gigantic horror fan until... One night in middle school when she wakes up and she has this like horrible feeling, she feels like there's like a pressure on her chest and she can't move any of her body. 
Like the only thing she can do is blink her eyes. I started to panic because I was like, oh my gosh, like the devil is coming to get me. Oh no. <laughs> um, because this sounds crazy, but in Freaky Deaky, I remember reading about this girl who woke up and couldn't move and had like pressure on her chest. And she was like, my grandmother told me it's the devil sitting on your chest. Oh, God. The other explanation, by the way, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yes. Just for the record. But 13-year-old Megan is like, oh, my God, the, the devil is chest. coming to get me. This is what's happening. But also, like, it goes away. And being a middle schooler, she's like, I'm not going to tell anybody that this ever happened. Right. She goes to high school. She goes to college. Freshman year in college. She's sleeping one night. She wakes up, opens her eyes, and there's a man in her room, <gasps> very skinny, leather jacket, looking down at her. Not sleep paralysis. Not sleep paralysis. Jesus. What does she do? And she's terrified. And part of what makes it so scary is that he is perfectly in focus and she has horrible vision. Oh, so normally if she'd wake up in the middle of the night, she wouldn't be able to see anything clearly, but she can see him as if she's wearing glasses. Yeah. He didn't move. He was just standing there. And, like, my heart is pounding, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is going on? Like, 30 seconds later, he disappears. She can't sleep the rest of the night. I can imagine. When you say disappears, you mean, like, He into just dissolves. Yes. This sort of thing starts happening to her every month. And then... Twice a month, every week, every night, and eventually it's happening to her every time she lays down. Oh, even just with like, I've had sleep paralysis and I've had lots of nightmares uh -huh. and you hit a point where you're like, I don't want to go to sleep. Like, why yeah. would I want to subject myself to right. eight hours of apocalypse? Right. I can't imagine. It's just such a hell. Totally. Like for Megan, she started trying to avoid sleep like any way she could. She got awfully depressed and eventually her parents were like something is really wrong we're sending you to a sleep study so they send her to this place and she like sleeps with all the monitors on her and she wakes up the next day goes home like a week later gets the results and they're like um yes you have a form of narcolepsy that includes sleep paralysis and hypnopompic hallucinations. What, are what the heck is a hypnopompic hallucinations? Okay, so hypnopompic hallucinations are hallucinations that you experience as you're waking up. And what was happening to Megan is she was having those hallucinations. And then some of the time she was having sleep paralysis. And what that is, is that like when we're all sleeping, our bodies release these chemicals that stop us from enacting everything that we are experiencing in our dreams. If you have a dream where you're running, your body will release this chemical so that your body won't actually run. Right. And so for her, the chemicals are still like at full function after she wakes up. Right. And then also she's having these hallucinations. It's like the the barrier between sleep and wake isn't working. Right. So she wakes up, her body still thinks that she's supposed to be asleep so she can't move, and, the, like, the nightmare film is still screening. Right. And so she gets the results, and she's like, great. Now what do we do? They're, they're like, oh, well, there's no cure. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. But 
<laughs> they were like, they're like, the only cure is to master your fear. What does that mean? Mastering your fear isn't necessarily like don't be scared because you're going to be scared. Like last year, my husband was sleeping next to me and I saw this colonial woman hovering over me Mm -hmm. and she had like a deformed face and one eyeball that was like really wide open. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she took, I felt like she took me reeling back like 10 steps and I was like so like upset. And that happens sometimes, you know, Um, but it's about like training yourself to be like, okay, you're not, you're not there or you are there, but you don't scare me. Wow. And so does it work? Like, does it get easier? She seems to not be afraid of going to sleep anymore. If her husband's on a trip, she puts on the office and sleeps to the office the whole night. But she does sleep now. Yeah. The other thing that I'll just say is that I was like, so when you hear other people's ghost stories now, what do you think? And she's like, oh, they're all hallucinations. There's like tons of people who were like, I was levitating or an alien spaceship flew through my window. And I'm like, you were hallucinating. Because like one time... We were at a hotel, like a hundred-year-old hotel, and it was rickety-crickety, you know, and I just saw this cowboy in a ski suit, and he just walked through the wall. And I was like, that wasn't a ghost. That was just one of my hallucinations. Damiano. Hi, boys. Hi. Okay, so I talked to a guy named Isaac. Uh Uh-huh. Um, he grew up in Berkeley in the 90s. And one night he and his friends, they drive out. There's like a park, like a big like park with a forest and stuff in it. So we, we rode a couple cars out there and there was a little um, like building like that, like events could be held at. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to go hang out there. We hiked in after parking two cars, came back up this, this road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found the building and proceeded to start our, our little teenager party. Isaac brings his like big boombox that he loves very much because he's a teenager in the nineties. Yeah, and there's like sort of a clearing area, and so they're like drinking beers and smoking weed and like listening to music, and all of a sudden, one of, one of his friends is like, "Do you guys hear like a saxophone?" <laughs> really? Yeah, really. <laughs> like the ululation of a saxophone. The uh, least spooky of instruments. I know. I know. All I can think of is the, the riff from Careless Whisper, you know, that George Michael song. That was also the saxophone thing in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Not scary. Then one of his friends turns on, he's like, look, and like on the hill above them, about 20 feet away, it's like a high kind of hill above them. They see like a, a man in a white sweater playing a saxophone. That's so weird. I'm imagining like a full moon and like this guy just silhouetted at the top of this at the top of this mountain and I imagine oh, it's just, just blasting. so cool. Mm-hmm. Just like him with like one leg out front and one leg out back and he's like he's got his back arched and he's just blowing that horn. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened next? Um so- did something happen next? <laughs> so, so they're they're so they're all like yelling at this guy, like, "Come down, party with us! Like, come hang out with us! Come on, Saxman!" Yeah, Saxman doesn't budge. So two of their friends like run up the hill, 
and um, then run back and are like, they're like, guys, guys, we just went up there. There's a bunch of people up there and they're messing with us. We're like what? Yeah. Come on. We got to go. We all got to go. Everyone, everyone gather up, gather up. And we all gather up and we, we go over this hill and, and down the hill into this amphitheater space. I get a little nervous because I left my boombox over by the building. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, if there's someone messing with us, they're probably going to go after my boombox. So they start to walk back and the friend in like the back of the pack, like he sees something or hears something because he starts like motioning everyone sort of like quietly, to, like follow him, follow him. But Isaac, he's, he like gets back to the camp, gets his hands on his boombox and he starts to hear like screaming, like bloody murder. Ugh. And then they're all running down the trail at high speed and their faces are white okay. and they're screaming, run, run. And I turn around and I'm doing my best to run and keep up with this when I have no idea why everyone is running for their lives. Mm-hmm. And I've got a boombox um, jostling and we're just running down the trail. And then we get pretty close to the gate. I'm trying to ask questions like, what happened? And they're like, we just need to go. We just need to go. And I was like, come on, what's going on? Like, look, we need to get out of here. We need to. And I'm like, okay, okay. And we get to to my parents' car. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's an 80 Buick at the time. And the doors are wide open. (gasps) And these two lights start coming up the road from behind them. Like car lights? Yeah, car lights. And he still doesn't know what had happened, what was going on. The car lights, it's the cops. They must have heard the screaming or something. They came to check it out. They make Isaac and his friends throw out like their beer and the weed that they have. And then they follow them out. When he gets out, he finally asks his friends, like, what the hell happened? And apparently <laughs> his friends were like running through the woods and they started to hear children's voices. What? And then these like orbs of light started to circulate. Like he 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 interviewed them all individually and they all like corroborated the same story. And one of them told him that this like beam of light like shot through the woods like pierced him and he felt chills that is so cool every element of the story is amazing it kind of sounds like a weird nightclub also (laughs) (laughs) it makes you wonder if the sax man was trying to warn them or lure them could have been a force for good yeah do you uh, think that a ghostly sax man is like trying to trying to toot them away from danger? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be careless with your whispers. Toot them away from danger. Oh, I hope there's a man with a sax trying to do good in the woods. This is the happiest I've ever been. This story makes me happier than anything. So he lives in Humboldt now. And like 10 years, I think it's 10 years later, he says he like finally figured out what it was all about. What was it about? I have a guess. Okay, Weird avant-garde music group practicing in the woods. That's close. What was it? So um, the the woods were, a, it was a eucalyptus forest. What's that mean? So eucalyptus is not native to California, and they were brought over from Australia at some point. And he says that every tree and every um, plant, they have like a spirit to them. And he says for sure what the sounds that they were hearing were, were fairies. That is not at all a helpful. I really thought the explanation was going to be something that was like based in the world of reason and fact. It's so funny when you said, is it an avant-garde band? He was like, close. Close. And then it turned out it's it was fairies. Australian fairies. <laughs> well, that's what he says. It's, it's fairies. Um, and he also told me that it's Jack London's fault, apparently, because when he brought eucalyptus trees over, he also brought fairies. I don't think Jack London knew what the hell he was doing when he brought all these eucalyptus trees to, to North America. It was a really, really crazy mistake, but I think it also brought spirits. 
and that like the really the end all be all of the universe is that everything has to lean towards being funny. <laughs> I like that as the conclusion. It's fair. It's the doy. <laughs> so obvious now. No, clearly. Um, so that that wraps up that case. <laughs> I want to go to this forest so badly. Hi, this is Alex Bloomberg, co-founder of Gimlet Media. This is where the credits would um would normally play, but the co-host of Reply All, Alex Goldman, went missing last week. We're really disturbed and sad here. The only possible clue to his disappearance is the following audio file we found on his laptop. Reply All is hosted by... <clears throat> Reply All is hosted by PJ Vote and me, Alex Goldman. We're produced by Shreedi Pinamanani, Fia Benin, Damiano Marchetti, Anna Foley, Jessica Young, and Emmanuel Jochi. Our executive producer is Tim Howard. We're mixed by Rick Kwan. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris. Our intern is Rachel Cohn. Thank you to everyone who reached out with their spooky stories. And special thanks to Moya Spurgeon, Sarah Kanishi, and Susan Brackney. Our theme song is by the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Bill... Hey, babe. Hi. What's going on? How you doing? Um, I'm good. I was just uh, wondering if you knew what time you're getting home tonight. Uh, I'm just finishing up the credits. I'm just ha- I'm just finishing up the credits. I just have to um, edit them, and then I'm gonna get on the train. So, I don't know, an hour. Talia's leaving at nine thirty. So. Okay, I'll definitely be home at nine thirty. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay. All right. Love you. Good. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Build Buildings. The piano music you heard in this episode was written and performed by Neil Cleary's father, William Cleary. Matt Lieber is probably a vampire. You can listen to our show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see. You in, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. something in there there's something in here there's something
I have 41 Flatbush. It's, it's, like it's like an animal. I don't know, I'm on the fucking seventh floor. I'm on the fucking seventh floor of a building. I have no fucking idea what it is. But I need you to come here right now. I need someone over right the fuck now. <laughs>